Hi there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Will Johns. And I'm Rick Johns. Thanks for joining us today. Last week, we started the episodes on spiral dynamics with the first two colors. So if you listened, you know that the first stage is beige, the survival stage, the primal stage, and the second one is purple, that magical stage or mystery stage, kind of a disempowered stage where you believe the forces have all the power. And you know, I was thinking about those two stages, Will, with our experience over the holidays because man, COVID was everywhere. Members in our family got it and just friends everywhere we went. And one by one, all of our plans for Christmas went right out the window. Absolutely, Rick. It was, I felt very disempowered over the holidays, <laughs> like the, the forces were out to get me. Yeah. Uh, if I could have thought of something to sacrifice to the gods, <laughs> I probably would have done it. Um, the only silver lining of my Christmas was that at least I didn't get a slinky. So that, <laughs> that was the, the highlight uh, of my Christmas this year. But your birthday's <laughs> coming up, and you never know. You know, I just thought of it, Rick. Um, next Christmas, I'm going to sacrifice a slinky to the gods of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would love it, because it is the greatest toy ever. <laughs> And maybe, maybe we will actually get to do our Christmas plans. <laughs> maybe. It's the slinky is the secret. But, you know, one of the things that, that struck me over that, that experience with this latest uh, COVID wave was there was a time within it where I was so frustrated. I was feeling so disempowered, so exhausted, so tired of dealing with this external thing that I, I was in a very purple kind of mindset, you mm. know, that that I have no power, there's nothing I can do. And and it's a very frustrating uh, feeling to be in that space. Yeah, purple mood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but then I, I went for a walk one morning and I felt um, inspired to take action. And, and that really leads us into what we're going to be talking about today with the color red. Mm. Red is the empowered place. And once once I had decided to take action and do what I could do, and you know, I can't obviously fix everything, but there's a I could change my mindset, I can act in a different way. And suddenly once I did that, I felt so much more empowered. I felt so much better. And I found the things that I could still do. Mm. And I felt good about that. Yeah, and that's exactly what the third stage, red, is all about. It's the stage where the individual says, wait a minute, I do have some power. I do have some control. I can pursue my dreams. I can live my passions. There's a way to do it. It's important to do that. And so this is very important as we go into the next stages, beige, purple, now into red. Will, tell us a little more about red. So historically, we see red developing when certain groups had someone within their group rise up and say, wait a second, we can do more than just sacrifice to the gods to protect ourselves from marauders or invaders. We can fight. And this was the beginning of red. And generally, there was a strong red leader that rose up 
and he leads them into into a fight and they and they chase them away at that point in history you start to see this concept of red empowerment mm-hmm. where people re- realize you know i'm not entirely at the mercy of these forces beyond my control there is action that i can take so red is is this confident strong empowered person that believes fully in herself yeah there's there's this sense of power that comes with red and you know we can see it developmentally also so we said that all these stages we can kind of see in our personal development so obviously as a baby you're born into the beige stage you just need to be taken care of to survive then you move into the purple stage which you don't have much power as a little kid you're kind of at the mercy of the forces you have to believe whatever people tell you. <laughs> In fact, uh, anyway, and then the third stage, this red stage, I think that's typically right there at the teenage years. Mm-hmm. That's where you start to develop and come into your own and you say, hey, I want to do it my way. Hey, this is what I like. And so this is a very empowered stage. Developmentally, I think it's a good stage, but it's good for us to recognize as parents that what our teenagers are doing in these little acts of rebellion and kind of individuality uh, actually do have some value and some benefit. Yes, and one thing you're going to notice if you're parenting teenagers right now is they're going to figure out a way to disagree with you in some form. Yes. Because they're, they're creating their own identity. They're going to find their way to express their individuality. Yeah. And, and there's a very real strand of that that is very healthy and needed as they develop that red individuality and empowerment. Yeah, you don't want adults that are stuck in purple. No. Because these are adults who need others to take care of them, are easily manipulated. There's a lot of problems when we get stuck in unhealthy purple. And so you need the red to find the power to say, hey, I do have options. And Will, you mentioned the teenagers disagreeing. I, I think it's kind of the humorous part to me of teenage life is that they will disagree with everything. <laughs> and even at their own expense at times, uh, when it is something they like or want, but just to take a contrary opinion, uh, it seems like they're just saying, if you say yes, they say no. If you say no, they say yes. And that just seems to come with the territory for a while. And there's another interesting thing, since we're talking about this being a spiral, it's my observation that these stages can come back around. Mm. And I think you can kind of hit them earlier in your life. And then I think sometimes we kind of come back to them to kind of reprocess them at a higher level, at a more mature way. Yes. And so I see a lot of red in midlife. A lot of times I think that's what's happening in a midlife transformation, a midlife crisis. So being aware of that kind of form of red, and maybe maybe there's somebody listening today that's kind of feeling that right now. So I just want you to be aware, maybe this is what's going on for you. Yeah, so listen carefully as we describe how red works. And remember, there's health and unhealth at every stage. You know, So an unhealthy yeah. red at the midlife uh, stage, as you described, Rick, could be the person that just blows their life up with, say, an affair, or they embezzle money from their... their job, um, and they just kind of blow everything up. That's unhealthy red, you know, kind of going too far. 
But the healthy route of that midlife transformation is to say, you know, what is it that God has put in my heart? What is it that I really want to do? Who am I? Mm-hmm. And really kind of tapping into some of that that may have been, you know, set aside for years. But but going back to what you said about the teenage years, Rick, what's funny to me is that when our children push back against us and kind of exert this healthy red, often we are kind of taken back by that as parents and feel like, oh man, why is my child becoming rebellious? When the child is actually doing exactly what we prepared them to do. Mm. Uh, you know, because we're always affirming and building up our, our little kids as much as possible because we're building their ego. That's healthy yeah. red. Yeah. And so, you know, when Johnny draws something for us and, and shows it to us, we don't say, oh, that, that's awful artwork, Johnny. <laughs> we say, <laughs> I love it. Great job. Because we're encouraging that little ego to develop and get confidence. And so parents should see that teenage pushback as a sign of their own success as a parent. And just think, if you're a parent, the danger here is if you beat them down, (laughs) as some parents, I've seen them take this tack, then you can push them back into an unhealthy purple, or Mm -hmm. you can repress them so much that at some point they just explode and they go way off (laughs) the beaten path. Well, and Rick, let's now turn to our own internal journey. And I would invite our listeners to just evaluate yourself about how much red is in me. Do I feel, am I a little bit stuck at disempowered purple where I feel like other Mm. people have the power over my life and over what it becomes? Or do I have that sense that I can take action, that I can make something happen in my life that is good, that is positive, that will help me become the person that I want to be in the world. And so as I'm thinking about this, Rick, I've got a question for you, and that is, what's the most red thing that you have done? (laughs) Oh, boy. That's a great question, Will. Uh, I think there's been several throughout my lifetime. I think a big thing for me, especially in my 30s there, was just to choose that I wanted to pursue my doctorate, to pick exactly where I wanted to go and what I wanted to study, uh, that was a big choice for me. And that was very much saying, I want to do what I enjoy, where my passions and my gifts lie. A lot of my education up to that point had been kind of predetermined. So that was a big kind of red moment, I think, for me. Well, Rick, and I'm glad that you made that decision because you influenced me to also get my doctorate. And if you had not made that decision, we might not be doing this podcast today. So wow. uh, So we can, we can trace uh, <laughs> the origins of the podcast all the way back. To the red level. To, Thank you, Red. To Red, your Red decision to empower yourself through education and a doctorate. I also felt that way when I was writing my book, mm. that, uh, you know, this was something that I... I felt called to do, but I didn't feel a lot of support other than from internally, you know, to do it. I had a few friends that were cheering me on, but for the most part, it was like, I just felt like this was something I needed to do and wanted to do. And I I feel uh, very satisfied now that it's out there and, and, and I accomplished that. And I think that's the healthy part of Red. When you're saying, what can I do that's in harmony with who I am 
How can I build those things into my schedule, prioritize some of those things? You don't have to, you know, blow your life up. You don't have to say goodbye to everybody who's in your life like they're totally in your way and ruining your life. Like that's the unhealthy version. Yes. Uh, but you can do these kind of things. Just say, well, how can I work some priorities in? Exercise is a big thing. I see that a lot for some of us in midlife where we say, man, you know, I'm just not in the same shape. I used to do so much in college, but now that I've been in the workforce for 10 years, uh, I just want to get back in shape. I just want to value my body. I want to feel good. I want to look good. I think those are healthy decisions you can make. And that reminds me of another uh, red decision that I made in the past. Of course, I was influenced by you on this one, Rick, and that was to do my first Spartan race. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this, that it takes red energy to take on the tough things in life. Yeah. So if you've got some tough decisions you know you need to make, you need to start channeling that red energy right now. Build it up. You know, yeah. exercise is a great way to kind of pump yourself up uh, with that kind of energy. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, do something difficult physically, and that will help you uh, to do some, some of the difficult things you may need to do emotionally. Yeah, I love that, Will. You know, speaking of that, you kind of reminded me of one dynamic of red that I think we should touch on. And I feel like for women in general, red is discouraged. And this, I think, is a problem. And I, I think the pendulum's swinging now as we're kind of in a movement in our society to empower women and to kind of recognize that they've been kind of held down. And of course, uh, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak with any great authority on this topic. Uh, Will, you could probably speak a little closer to it, but uh, <laughs> just a little joke there. Um, if, if you got that one. Anyway, but women, I feel like, are not allowed to be aggressive, are not allowed to really be assertive. Uh, a woman at work who's real assertive and real aggressive in her leadership is often you know, squelched or looked down upon, where in the same case, a man who does that is thought to be a great leader. Well, we see this, Rick, sometimes just like on the soccer field. You watch a, a, a middle school boys soccer game. Those boys are running into each other all the time and playing, you know, all 11 boys are very aggressive. Yeah. Then you watch a girls soccer team and you see maybe one or two girls who are playing with aggressiveness and the others are fairly timid, kind of polite in yeah. how they play. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's, it's all about, you know, everything has its place. But what I think has been unfair in the way that a number of women have been raised and trained is like they're supposed to be the polite ones, the kind ones, the right. sensitive ones. Uh, but but the, the boys and the men can be aggressive and go after what they want. Right. And, and so healthy red should be equally for both sexes. Right. Yeah, there's a healthy red. It's a human need. It's not a male need. It's a human need. And I think it's good that we're shining a light on that. And I think we, we have to change how we parent and get rid of some of these kind of unhealthy stereotypes that tamp down some of these necessary developments. Uh, certainly we can be polite, certainly we can learn to get along with others, but we still need a healthy sense of self-esteem. We still need the freedom to pursue our own gifts, passions, interests, and, and be told that that's okay. 
And here's the thing, red feels good. It feels good to empower ourselves, to take action. We're gonna have the most energy in life when we're channeling the healthy red part of ourselves. Yeah, uh, It's the healthy part of our ego expressing itself. And ego is not all bad, but sometimes we're made to feel guilty for the red part of ourselves. Yeah. And, and what happens there, and we're going to get into this more when we, when we start talking about blue, but blue comes along and attempts to correct the unhealthy part of red, of which there's many, and we're about to get into that. But in doing so, sometimes blue overcorrects and stifles red and pushes people all the way back to disempowered purple. Yeah, that is true. But as we talk about red, some of the unhealthy aspects. So if you take red too far, the first thing that occurs to me is you could be quite a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And we do have, we're told, a bit of a problem with that in our society. And I think that's true. And these, to me, are people that got hung up and stuck in red. They loved the empowered feeling. They loved it so much that they just decided to stay in red and to become completely self-centered, to make life all about them, and really not to understand how their behavior, how their choices are affecting others, are affecting society, as well as ruining their own life because they can't see in their blindness to want to do what they want. Yeah, I mean, to give a simple example of this, Rick, it's like at a young age, it's the kid who hogs the ball in basketball <laughs> and refuses to pass to anyone else. And so in his self-centeredness, he harms the team, he annoys his fellow players. And guess who's and, not getting the ball very much? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> his teammates know, you give it to him, you never get it back. You never get it back. Yep. And so, you know, he harms himself you know, right. in, that, in that process. Or I think of, of the guy who just won't stop talking about himself and how great he is, you yeah. know. Me, me, me. And, and he d wonders why, you know, women will only go on one date with him and that's it. Right. Or people avoid him in parties, you know. And this is also the person that puts others down. There's yes. a competitive, yes. uh, when it's unhealthy, you see others as a threat instead of seeing the value they can bring uh, to your life and the place that they could hold there. And, and sometimes in the extreme, you know, this is the person, this person can be violent, angry, out of control, uh, ultimately unrestrained red without the structure of blue that we're about to talk about, will eventually self-destruct. Yeah. And you know, Will, I think of a real sad example in the news in the last few months about an NFL player who was out partying. And you know, if a red, if you're in that red mode and you get partying and drinking and drugs and all those kind of things, and then he got in his sports car and he was going over 130 miles an hour when he slammed into another car and killed, mm. killed the occupant of that car, and now he's gonna be behind bars instead of playing in the NFL. So red, if unchecked, can be very dangerous and can self-destruct, as you said. And, and that, that sad story is the perfect example of the good and bad of red. Yeah. So the, the good red got him to the place where he was an incredible athlete and accomplished a great deal by making it to the NFL. Living his dream. Living his dream. But the destructive side was in unrestrained 
Yeah. Um, red takes, you know, huge risks and often will self-destruct, as we said. And this is where blue comes in to save the day. This is yes. where blue is the one, the next stage that is necessary to bring some balance to that red. And will, what does blue do that helps? Well, and what we see in this pattern, remember, the pattern in spiral dynamics of growth is to transcend and include the previous colors. So in the, in the healthiest of ways, uh, blue will transcend red, but also include it, you know, within its context. But what blue does to correct the unhealth of the previous color, and we see that pattern throughout spiral dynamics. So you see how red kind of corrects the unhealth of purple. Purple powerlessness is corrected by red power, powerfulness. Mm -hmm. And so now we have the unrestraint uh, self-destruction uh, and other destruction of red, <laughs> violence of red, and blue comes along and creates structure and constraint upon red that is actually helps it from becoming self-destructive or other destructive. Right. So blue is where we transition from me to we. We yes. mentioned that before. So now in the first three stages, it's all about me, and it should be. But now we grow, hopefully, into the we stage of blue, where now we're thinking about others. We're thinking about society. We're thinking about our family. We're thinking about the societal norms that will, if we all follow them, things will go smoothly. We're thinking about the traffic laws, to, to give an illustration with the NFL player. If he had been thinking more blue, he would have realized, you know, it's really dangerous for me to go 100 and some miles an hour. It's really dangerous for me to drink and then get in my car. So yes. blue says, hey, you got to think about the greater good. We need order. We need structure. We need laws. We need rules. We need to all work in harmony. This is a, a harmonic, <laughs> harmonic stage. Yeah, and, and what's fascinating here is we see historically that, that blue is developed in the forms of early governments and religions. And so for those of you familiar with the Bible, if you read the Old Testament and you start to see in the book of Exodus as God leads the children of Israel out of Egypt through the leadership of Moses, they start developing order and structure within the community. Yeah. And that gets developed over time. And there's, there's shared values. There's a sacred text mm -hmm. that the community agrees upon that they will attempt to follow to the best of their ability. And so we see this, you know, still very alive and well today. And the examples are religion, church, sports, school, uh, these types of things that create structure, order, and values and community in our lives. Absolutely. And I think that was a key point, Will. So in red, the people will follow a bold leader. They will yes. follow someone who's a warrior, who, like you said, is strong, tall, fierce, can kind of say, hey, everybody, I've got the answers. Follow me. We're going to do this. When you get to blue, it's a fascinating shift. It shifts to a document, a sacred text. Yes. It shifts to, in Exodus, it shifts to the law of God. 
God gives the law to Moses. Now they have 10 commandments plus all the other regulations and rules. This is the code that we live by. Yes. So now yes. we dedicate ourselves not to one person because in red, if you dedicate yourself to one person, that person can go crazy or lead you completely astray or, yes. <laughs> or have his yes. own agenda for you and your family that maybe you don't really want. So you see the weakness of red and you go, oh, what we need instead is principles to live by, not a person to tell us what to do, no dictator. We need a principle. And this opens the door for democracy and different types of government that we see. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see the full development of, of this blue structure when we get to orange uh, next week. Yes. But yeah, you could see it in the founding of the United States. You know, we have the sacred document of the Constitution. Yeah. And the Bill of Rights and, and those yeah. types of early documents. And it has, starts with the word we, which yes. is very telling. Starts we the people. Starts with the word we. We the people. Yep. <laughs> so that's very blue language. <laughs> yeah. And, and what you see with blue is that it attempts to channel the energy of red into a win for the group. So, so let's go back to my illustration of the kid who hogs the basketball. Well, maybe that kid really is the best player on the team. But what a, what a coach will do through the wisdom of blue is he'll say to that kid, listen, everyone will be better if you pass the ball. Yeah. And here's how we're going to do it. And sometimes the pass will be to you to shoot it. And sometimes you draw the defense to you and you pass it to someone else and they'll be wide open. And once that, that, that young man who's been hogging the ball learns how to pass, then he's moved from red to blue. And so the team gets better, the we gets better because that red energy is serving the community. Yeah. And that's the health of blue. Yes. The health of blue, that you're part of a community, that you can feel good in this community, that you feel like you belong to something. And now your needs are being met, not just by yourself. In red, you have to meet all your own needs. Now you've got a group, a community, and we're all kind of pitching in to help each other. And it's, it's nice to have that support. And, and let me say this about blue. One of the things that feels so good about being in a blue community is that you know exactly where you stand. You know what the rules are. They're always very clear. And, and so there's this sense of security with blue that I know where I stand. If I just keep, keep following the rules, I'm going to be accepted mm -hmm. and loved and taken care of. Yeah. And so there, there's a lot of positive value with blue, with the order that it creates, the con conformity that it creates, the community that it creates. There is some really positive attributes that go with blue. And blue is very prevalent in our world today. You don't have to look very far before you can just see all the influence of blue all over all the societies, organizations, structures, all the legalese and all the uh, documents, etc., that are there to guide us, to kind of dictate how we interact at certain relationships and what are our arrangements and what are we to expect from others. It has served us well. In fact, I don't think you have industry or factories or any of these kind of things if you don't have some blue thinking to kind of build them and put them together. 
Yeah, just to give a quick example of business itself, you know, there's the word integrity is is often thrown around, you know, with business, and, and rightly so, because without the blue values, one of which is integrity, like if you promise to deliver something that you'll deliver it, imagine if the next time, Rick, you go to Amazon, uh, they take your money and they never ship you the product that you ordered. Right. Then you call them and say, hey, you know, I paid and I got nothing. And they say, well, tough luck. Yeah. That's, that's our <laughs> win and your loss. Yeah. <laughs> now, is Amazon going to keep selling to people over time with that model? Right. right. <laughs> so this, this blue concept of like delivering on your promise yeah. is the foundation of all business. Yeah. Business can't exist without that one single value. Exactly. So these are the healthy aspects of blue. Most of us live in some blue parts of our lives that were part of some groups, organizations, even just being part of the government, being part of a country, uh, being part of your local society. If you go to church, these are all kind of blue things. Now, we wanted to really emphasize the health, Will, because we also know there can be some real unhealth. Uh, with blue. And that's something yes. I think we'll probably tackle next week, correct? Yes, that's right. And just to kind of give a quick teaser on that, uh, blue can be uh, very hard on those who are not in their group. <laughs> so there can, they over un, in unhealthy blue, we have very strong us versus them thinking. Yeah. So, and blue can be hard on other blue groups. So you can you can have this kind of, if you picture in your mind, multiple blue groups fighting each other. Yeah. So two different churches fighting each other, two different religions fighting each other, two different countries fighting each other. I and, can't picture any of that. And you can, <laughs> I don't know what world you're living in then. <laughs> but we'll talk about that next week about, yeah. you know, unhealthy blue and how that ultimately led to the next stage being developed, which is orange. And at orange, we start getting into the everybody stage. Yeah. Yeah. And that's key. So it's a good reminder for us here at the end that this is. The health part of all these spirals is that you transcend and include. So you want to take the best of each spiral with you in order for this growth to go correctly. And when it doesn't, of course, we'll talk about that next week, how you can get stuck, especially in blue, and some of the side effects for that. But thinking about it from this week, if you can include those healthy from beige, purple, and red, bring them into blue then it can be a very healthy stage and very necessary. Yeah, and remember that in unhealth, you look back with disdain and look forward with fear. And both of those attitudes create problems. Yeah. And so with health, it's transcend and include. And throughout this, keep in mind, we're not trying to promote judgment of others like, oh, they're so red or they're so purple or they're yeah. being so blue. We are sharing this material so that you can have a compassionate understanding of where other people are at. Yes. And that's where the health is at. And when someone is stuck in a certain stage and you understand that stage, then you can understand why they can only see the world 
through that stage's color, through that stage's lens. Yes. So they might yes. have the purple colored glasses on or the red colored glasses, and that's how they're seeing the world. And then you can say, oh, now I understand why they're fighting for this or they're against that because that's how they're looking at the world. And we look at that with compassion, and it lets us know, too, how we can kind of communicate with them on their level instead of just having these stages go to war with each other. And that gives us tremendous freedom uh, to relate to all kinds of people in yes. our life. And that is the goal, and that's where we're headed, so keep listening to these episodes. And Will, what's a good closing thought for us today? I want to close with this question, and that is, what red action do you need to take? We've talked about the empowerment of red. I want to focus on the upside of red, the good part of red, the healthy part of red. What red action do you need to take? Are you fully empowered? Or yeah. are, is there a part of you that's still being kind of blown by the wind, hmm. in disempowered purple, where you feel like the outside forces are controlling everything about your life? And so whatever that is, I just want to invite you this week to take some red action. Yeah. I like that, Will. Thank you for sharing that. And I just piggyback on that and encourage any of you who are listening, if there's something as you've listened that you say, I really need to exercise some empowered red in this relationship, in this area of my life, to follow my gifts, my passions, to take the next step, do it. Yes. It can be healthy. You don't have to hurt others. You don't have to blow up your life to do it, but find ways to take the first step and make that your goal this week. I'm going to take the first step. I'm going to research that school because I want to pursue a higher education. I'm going to uh, research counselors because I need to get better and I need to get stronger, or I'm going to take the next step for my health mm -hmm. and, and start taking care of myself and just make that a priority you will feel so much better and it will bring out the best in all the other stages if you are a healthy red. So I just encourage you with that this week and just want to thank all of you for listening and we look forward to hearing from you as to how you are taking that next red step. So thank you for listening today to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns and Dr. Rick Johns. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks for listening today. If you want more information about the Best Thoughts podcast, you can go to mysoulcare.net. Click on the Best Thoughts podcast tab and you'll find all of our podcasts in one convenient location. And also, this is the perfect place to contact us, leave us a comment, uh, and let us know what you think about our podcast. And this season, we're trying to take it up a level and we need your help. Could you please rate and review this podcast? And most importantly, if you know someone who would enjoy it, share that with others. And thanks so much for listening.
You've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and Dr. Will Johns. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you next week.